Good to see all of you. Amen. You see this picture? Which one do you like? Both. Both of them. If you were to make a choice, which one would you like? The lion. The devil goes around roaring like a lion. So do you still like the lion? Nobody likes the kitten or the cat. Only one person, two persons. Okay, if they were to have a fight, who would you think would win? The lion. Are you sure about that? And all of us will say, if they were to have a fight, the lion will win. But what if God is with the cat? Remember David and Goliath? And everybody was fearful of Goliath because he was strong, he was mighty, he was tall, he was everything. And the Israelites were totally frightened of Goliath. The little boy David comes and he says, who are you? Because I come in the name of the Lord. Amen. And friends, God and you make a world of difference. God and you will make a difference. You might go through a situation in your life and he says, how is it going to be? I can't handle this by myself. Yes, you cannot. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. And this morning I want to share a message entitled, putting on the full armor of God if you want to live in victory. I think many of us, we know about the armor of God, but sometimes it's just another verse we memorize in the Bible. Sometimes we just look at it and say, okay, that is good, but how do I get victory? God wants to give you victory in your family. God wants to give you victory in your job. God wants to give you victory in your community. But we need to follow what God has in store for each one of us. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, our final word, be strong. Everyone say, be strong. In the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on, say put on, of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm. Stand firm. Very good. See, that's why the Lord said the little children will inherit the kingdom of God much faster than many of us. Amen. We need to have the faith of a little child who dare to believe that God works in, in each one of us. Amen. The word says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits of the heavenly places. Therefore, what are we supposed to do? Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Yes. How many of you have gone through crisis, difficulties, problems in your life? I see only two hands behind. If you have not gone through, I'm going to promise you, you will go through. I don't nobody likes to hear that, but that's part of life. Each one of us, all of us, we will go through crisis and situations in our life. And the Word of God says, you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers 
of the unseen world. Friends, the day you became a Christian, you were enrolled in the army of God. Because the devil takes anyone of anyone leaving his kingdom to the kingdom of life. See, this whole kingdom belongs to the devil in a way. But when you make a decision for Jesus Christ, you are transferring your citizenship from this kingdom to the citizenship of heaven. And the devil hates it, and the devil will see to it, how best can I bring you back to the way how I want you to be. Friends, we are all in a spiritual warfare. It's an unseen and invisible, but it is so real. Sometimes when you try to explain to people, they cannot understand what I was talking about. But as you go through, you just know it is not your friends, it's not your family, but it is something else that is causing the trouble, the problems at home. Causing the trouble, problems in your workplace. But it will manifest itself in the visible and a physical sense. And we need to look... We need to know three different things. Number one, we need to know that we are in a battle. All of us, we are in a battle. The day you became a Christian, you are already enrolling the army and you are in a battle. And it will affect you, your personal life, your family life, your church life, your country or your culture. It affects every area of our life. But we need to look at it and say, God, you are more than anything else that I face. You are able to overcome. You are able to defeat. You are able to conquer the situation that I'm in. But the problem many times is we yield to that situation. Let's take, for example, anger. Don't raise your hand. I know none of you in this room have got anger. But some of us, we have uncontrolled anger. He get angry very fast. But what does the Bible say? Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Mm-hmm. Friends, every sin that we have a problem with is a foothold for the devil to work even much more. Amen. And the Bible talks about anger because many of us, we face that but it can be telling lies, it can be cheating, it can be jealousy, it can be hatred. See, all these things nobody sees. But if you have a problem with drugs, you have a problem with alcohol, people are able to observe. But these are sins that nobody sees. And God is saying that we should learn to forgive, we should learn to get over it. By ourselves it's impossible and it's difficult. But with God, it is possible. Amen? Amen? With God, it is possible. Because if we don't, then the devil has a foothold in your life, and it will lead on to other greater sins. It will lead on to discouragement, depression, downtrodden, be defeated. We open ourselves to many other things. And we wonder, what is wrong with me? You come to church, you do all the right things. But inside me, inside each one of us, there is something that is causing that problems to arise. And God wants to recognize, us to recognize the areas in our life that needs to be changed. 
It affects our family. Satan hates Christian family. Did you know that? But, as a believer, God wants each one of us not to be unequally yoked. God wants each one of us to get married to someone who's a believer. But when we get married to someone who's a believer, there can be problems. But you see, friends, when we are married together, we are one in the Lord. When we are one in the Lord, we can fight the wise of the devil. Because the devil has got no power. Because you are the one who's in you is mightier than the one who's in this world. Amen? So we need to ask God, God, I'm going to start this marriage. I'm going to start this relationship. And I want you to help me, God. And that's why it's so important for us to ask a hedge of protection over our relationship daily. Because friends, God wants our marriages to prosper. God wants our marriages to be an example to many others. It can affect our church life. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith, they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. The devil loves to break up churches. The devil wants to bring disharmony, disunity among members within the church. But we need to recognize that this is God's church. And I'm going to follow what God wants me to do. And I'm going to, not going to follow any other teaching that in these last days, different kinds of teachings are coming into the world. And we need to stand firm. And we need to know the Word of God. And we need to let the Word of God sit deep inside us that we will not be carried away by fables and stories that is permeating around the world today. We need to trust the Word of God. And lastly, it affects the country or the culture. See, friends, a family is the building block of every country. When a family is destroyed, when an individual is destroyed, it affects the country. So overall, if you look at it, we are in a battle daily. Not only are we in a, we need to know that we are in a battle, but we need to know our enemy. Who's our enemy? He's called the devil, he's called Satan, he's the accuser of the brethren. The Bible indicates that he's, he's Lucifer, the son of the morning, according to Isaiah 14. He was cast down from heaven because of his pride and desire to overthrow God. Lucifer wanted to be equal with God. And so God finally overthrew him. He's a created being and he's not eternal. And he's limited in his knowledge and ability. He has organized helpers. Paul calls them principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual wickedness in high places. But we need to know and know that he can have all his army. But God is stronger than any of this. He might be powerful, he might be plentiful, or he might be prepared. But God is more powerful. Amen? God is more powerful than any devil. But, you see, the power of the devil depends on how much power you give it to him. And we need to know and know that I serve a God who is mightier than any created being. Amen? Colossians 2, 13-15 says, You were dead because of your sins and because of sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us 
and took it away by nailing it on the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shared them publicly by victory over them on the cross. Friends, when Jesus went to that cross, he nailed every, every sicknesses, every things that was affecting this world. But it is for us to say, God, I need your help. God, I need your strength. And God comes into play. God comes into that picture to help each one of us. You might think the devil is plentiful, but you need to know the one who's in you is much more than one who's in the world. Mm-hmm. He, must, he might be prepared, but know this, Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. How much authority? All authority God has given to Jesus. And that authority is with each one of us. And we need to know that. You know, sometimes people will say, Oh, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. True, you're going through. But we need to know that Jesus can make a way for you. But there seems to be no way. He makes the way. Because He is the way, the truth and the life. Amen. Amen. Because Jesus wants to deliver us from whatever situations we are going through. Not only we need to know the enemy, but we need to know the weapons that He has given us. And this is what is known as the armor of God. And basically there are six parts to this armor. The number one is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes of gospel, of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. We'll go through each one of this as we look into the truth, what God wants us to learn today. The belt of truth. What is the belt? I think many of us, we wear belt. And what does the belt do? Uh, Holds you up so that you are free, you can move fast. The belt holds you up. It's the belt of the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Amen? John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth. Next. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. And he wants each one of us to know that as we belt ourselves with Jesus, he keeps us strong. He keeps us to keep moving forward and give, give us meaning and purpose in our life. John 17, 17 says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is the truth. The truth is the word of God. We need to know the truth. And we need to know the truth will deliver us. Because the truth is the central to all our life. Because, friends, this book contains everything that you need for your living. How to raise your family, how to work in your offices, what to do and what not to do. How to live a life that brings honor and glory to God. It tells you purpose for your living here. It tells you of God's plan for your life. And we need to know this truth, and that's Jesus Christ. We need to know Him on a very personal way, because He is the one who's going to guide. He's the one who's going to help us. He's the one who's going to set us free from the conscience of sin as such. The belt of truth, we need to guard it all the time in our life. 
second one is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate is something you put on from, that is from neck down to just to your upper thigh level. It is to protect your heart. It is to protect different organs within you. Because your enemy can be shooting you or firing you. And this breastplate is to protect you as such. So that you could resist the temptation that comes along your way. Philippines chapter 3 verse 9 says, I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. What it means is the breastplate of righteous living. Living in the right way that God wants me to live. See, all of us, we have a mind of our own. We live according to the way I want to. But there is a way that God wants us to live. And some of us, we say, but that is too much. It's too difficult. But if you want to see victory in your life, then there are certain ways that we need to obey and abide by. And that's by the way of the right living of God. There's two truths that we need to know what is the positional righteousness? What is positional righteousness? The day you give your life to God, Jesus has accepted you as his child. He has come into your life as your personal savior. And God looks at you, not as a sinner, God looks at you as a righteous person because of the work the Lord has done upon each of our lives. That's a positional righteousness. That means because you are saved, I look at you by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And all of us who are saved, all of us who have given our hearts to the Lord, we have this, the positional righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. But there's another one which is a personal or progressive righteousness. What do you mean by that? I thought I've, I've been already forgiven and set free. Yes, you have been forgiven and set free. But if you examine your life and my life, have we come to that point where God wants us to be? There are still areas in my life that needs to be changed, in your life that needs to be changed. It's a personal effort that I need to ask God, God, help me to overcome. Maybe it's my anger. Maybe it's a drug addiction that I have. Maybe it's something that is not pleasing before God, but it has been part of my life all this while. And God wants me to change areas. Second Corinthians 6, 7 says, Faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand to attack and left hand for defense. God wants us to use His righteousness. And that's Jesus is our standard. And we need to look at our life and say, where am I in comparison to Jesus? And all of us will, will fall short. But daily He's changing you. If I were to ask you, have you changed in the last five years? Have you changed in the last ten years or the last one year? 
I think many of you will say, I've changed. I've become more forgiving. I've become more loving. I've become more patient. Because God is doing a work in us. Because God wants each one of us to become more and more Christ-like. In the way we talk. In the way we behave. In our attitude with one another. God wants us to be more like Christ-like. So, the breastplate of righteousness, we need to know and know that I make right by God and I need His help to keep moving on forward so that I will become more and more Christ-like. Because God desires each one of us to be Christ-like in every area. The third weapon is the gospel of peace or the shoes of the gospel of peace. You can't go for a war wearing your sandals, can you? You can't go to a war with your Sunday best shoes. You need to have proper footwear when you go to, for the army. I remember when I was in the army, we need to wear boots. And the boots we need to polish and polish and polish until your face can be seen in that boot. And it was difficult. But you know what? That pair of boots helped us as we climb, as we walk through the jungles and climb mountains and different terrains where sometimes it's slippery, the boots is so firm, it helps you from sliding. And in the same way, we need to have the boots or the shoes of peace of the gospel. What do you mean by that? We need to be standing firm on Christ. We need to stand firm on Him, in Him. So that we will not slip away. It's so easy for Christians. We can come to the Lord. And it's hallelujah for the first month. Maybe the first year. How many of you experience that? That's the honeymoon time. Everybody, anything pastor say, yes pastor, I'll do, I'll do pastor. And pastor loves you so much. But after about a couple of months, oh pastor, I'm so busy pastor. Pastor, I got this pastor. pastor. So what happened? No pastor, you, you, you know pastor how it is. I've faced many people before. That's why I'm sharing. But you see, but we need to be grounded in the Lord. We need to stand firm in Christ. First Peter 3.15 says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. You should know who you are in the Lord. Not the God of your parents, not the God of your leader, but the God of my God. God has to be a personal God for each one of us in this room. Because each one of us, God has a plan and a purpose with each one of us. And the thing is, am I doing what God calls me? Romans 10, 15 says, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Because God wants us to wear that boots, to be firm, and then to share the gospel of peace to people around you. Friends, we are to be peacemakers. We are to be people of love. We are to be people who bring love to the people who are perishing. And that can only come when we are grounded in the Word of God. We need to bring the good news in season and out of season. We must be ready with the good news. 
The question is, are we prepared to bring the good news? I know God in every Friday He prays about evangelism. He's passionate about evangelism. He's passionate that none should perish. But the question is, it's not just for God, but it's for each one of us in this room. Are we passionate about the people around us who's going to be perishing? Even as you got those cards for, for the special meeting in June, take some of those cards and bring it to your friends and talk to them about this, this man's daughter died in Lockerbie accident, the aeroplane accident many years ago. And he would share about his testimony and how he's forgiven those people. It's not easy to forgive, but he chose to forgive. And we need to learn to forgive. But bring people who are going through difficult situations in their life and say, come on the first week of June so that they can experience God in a much better way. The next is the shield of faith. The shield of faith, you see, so far we have the breastplate you put on, you have the shoes you wear on, and you have the first one was the, the belt you put on. The next is the shield of faith. Each one of us, we need to build our faith. Each one of us, we need to build our faith because faith is what will carry you through. You cannot depend on the faith of your leader or your parents or anyone else. You need to have your own faith. And how can I build my faith unless I know the Word of God? Because it's the Word of God that will help us. You know, the shield of faith, if you, if you know the Roman shield, it's a massive shield. And what they do is they lock it up together. They stand next to each other and lock up so that when arrows or darts come in, nothing can get through. And that shows a picture of being in the church, being one in the church, so that the devil cannot attack. Because when we are together, when there's unity, God commands his blessing. Amen? But the fiery darts of the devil is always there to pierce. And what are the fiery darts? It's fiery darts of trials and temptation that wants to affect your heart or your mind. You see, our mind can easily be affected. Our heart can be easily be affected. But God wants each one of us to be strong, to be rooted in the Word of God. Because then, every time when a doubt comes, when a fear comes, you quote back the Word of God. Because friends, we need to know the Word of God. Because the Word of God is our shield, is our faith that will prevent any negative words coming in. Have you seen people who, when they hear anything, they say, oh no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They're saying, I know God will see me through. I know God is going to help me through. I know I'm going to trust in God. I don't see a way right now, but I'm just going to believe that God will help me. If God can help so and so, God is going to help me through. Friends, we need to have that faith to believe that God will see me through. Friends, in your workplace, we should not be people of weak faith. We need to be strong faith. Where your colleagues will come and say, can you pray for me? Because I know you believe in Jesus. Friends, we need to be strong and not be carried away by the winds of what has been said around you. 
We need to trust God and say, God, I choose to believe in you. I choose to obey you. Because the fiery darts will come to all of us. And it can affect us. Especially when we are very weak. But we need to hold on to that faith and say, God, I choose to believe in you. I choose to trust in you. Matthew 17, 20b says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here, and it would move. Nothing could be impossible. Amen? Nothing could be impossible. Friends, God has given each one of us a measure of faith. But it is for us to make that faith grow. That faith can grow in each one of us. Or we can still remain in that, that level when we started. God wants our faith to grow. Because we will be put into situations where our faith needs to be exercised. The question is, what are we going to say? Oh, I can't do it. Or are you going to say, yes, I will do it because God is with me. God is going to strengthen me. God is going to give me a breakthrough. Friends, God wants us to take up that shield of faith and says, God, I trust you because you are my defender. You are my fortress. You are my all in all. And I can overcome this situation. Amen. Next is the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation in Philippines 8 and 9. It says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about th these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. When was the last time you complimented someone? Oh, let me put it the other way around. When was the last time you criticized someone? I know none of you do criticisms. But you see, friends, we are very critical many a times. Isn't that true? But how many times do we really compliment someone and say, you look beautiful today? That's a lovely t-shirt you're wearing. You see, it's, you lose nothing by telling people you look lovely. You lose nothing by saying, that was a good job you did. Friends, we need to learn to compliment because that's what God wants us. He says, what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about those things. And I know in most families, when the cooking is bad, the husband says, why you cook like that? When the house is not clean, why is it not clean? But can we look at something and says, you know the cooking was bad, but tell them, but that dish is very good. You don't have to mention about a dish which is not good. Always try and see the good part. Is that possible? When the house is not clean, it's not the wife's problem, it's your problem too. Because it is a joint effort. It's not one man's show at all. Friends, we need to learn to put on... What is the helmet of salvation? Helmet of salvation is, is in the mind. The devil plays havoc with our mind. And many a times when you hear anything, we 
always think about the worst things that could happen. But this mind of ours should be made into the mind of Christ. Do we have the mind of Christ? We have not arrived. But we need to ask God, God help me to become more and more like you. Because our faith needs to keep growing, going on. There's three big words here. Basically, we are justified by God. The day when you got saved, God has justified you. God has seen you as being set free by God. God has done that work. Romans 5, 18 and 19 says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings the right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Amen. Jesus, because of his death on that cross, because he died for us, and when we confess our sins, the Lord accepts us. We are made justified. But that's the sanctification work. What is sanctification? That's an ongoing work that takes place in each one of us. How many of you have not seen today? Maybe today is Sunday, nobody sins. I know. It's only on Monday you sin, right? No. You see, friends, we sin all the time. Maybe it's just our thoughts. Maybe it's in the Word. Or maybe it's in our attitude, we sin. But the Word of God says in 1 John 1 9, if you confess your sin, He's faithful to forgive your sins and accept you as you are. Because that's God's promise for each one of us if you confess your sins. He's faithful all the time. And so sanctification is an ongoing process that He wants to work in each one of us. And the last part is the glorification that takes place. That is finally when we finally reach out there. When we are glorified. None of us have been glorified yet because we are still here. We are living in a fallen world. We are still sinful. But as we grow in the Lord, God does a work in us. And eventually we go. John 14, 1-3 says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's soul. If this were not so, would I have told you so that I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. God, Jesus has gone up to be in heaven. And he's on the right hand of Father God in the city for you and I. But he's gone to prepare a place for each one of us. That's, that's the hope we have, friends. That one day he's going to come back to receive us. But if if we go off before He comes, He's got a place for each one of us up there. Amen? And we need to know that. And we need to trust in this God. And we should not give in to all kinds of negative words that comes to us. But let's turn to the Word of God and say, God, what are you speaking to me? What are you telling me? Because I want to hold on to your Word. Friends, we need to be people who hold on to God's Word. And that brings us to the, the last weapon, and that's the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. Do we know the Word of God? 
Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God is able to protect you, to empower you, to do great things for God. The word of God is the one who has brought you thus far. It is the word of God that continues to encourage you even when nobody encourages you. You just know and know that God loves me and God cares for me. The word of God transforms us into his image. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I will not sin against you. Friends, we need to know the word of God more and more daily. When you look at the six parts of this weapon, four of them you need to put on, but two of them you need to carry in your hand. The shield of faith you need to carry to protect yourself and the sword of the spirit so that you could fight the ones of the evil one. The rest you need to put on. And the problem with all of us is, is sometimes we forget to put on. We don't forget to put on our clothes, right? If not, you won't be here. But we forget to put on the armor of God. And daily we need to recognize I'm a child of God and I need to put on. Because every time when you go to bed, you're taking it off. But in the morning, we need to put it on. We need to know that God is my help. God is my strength. God is my protector. God is my deliverer. God is my all in all. The Lord has given us six weapons, but there's one part that is not part of the weapon, and that is, it says, pray in the Spirit at all times, and on every occasion, stay alert, and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This comes just after the armor of God. So it is equally important to pray in the Spirit all the time. It's prayer is not just early morning when you have your devotion or late at night when you are about to sleep or when you come here for prayer meeting. Prayer needs to be 24-7 all the time. And the Lord has given us the gift of speaking in tongues. And if you have not, ask God, God, I want this gift that you have in store for, for everyone. And he says, pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayer for every believer. We need to exercise faith. And as we pray, God will give us the victory. Because God is interested in each one of us living in victory. Amen. Because He wants us to have victory all the time. Count of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the gospel of peace, Shield of faith, helper of salvation, sword of the spirit, the six parts of the armor of God. Take a few minutes to reflect and say, in which area am I weak in? Because God wants us to put on or hold on to all of this so that we will stand firm and we will not be shaken by the things of this world. God wants us to be strong and victorious because His desire is that we will we will overcome the world. Even though things are happening. Because as the worship team comes, Philippines 4.13 says, For I can do everything 
through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything, and that's God's promise. But I have a part to play. Am I putting on Christ daily? Am I holding on to that seal of faith? Am I holding on to the sword of the Spirit? Friends, we will encounter difficulties and problems all the time. But God knew it even beforehand. And that's why He says, put on. So that when the walls of the evil one, when the fiery darts come, that you will not be shaken. That you will be firm and you will stand firm. 